The Weekly Charge, a podcast for kids and families where we take a little time to charge as we plug in, power up, and press on with Christ. Simon, also called Peter, Chapter 7, Visitor The group of Jesus followers stayed in Jerusalem and continued to grow. They worshipped and lived together, remembering the things that Jesus had done and said while he was with them. But the reminders of Jesus' words and power did not just come from memories. These reminders also came from things Peter and the others did and said through the power of the Holy Spirit. Once, while Peter and John went to the temple, they saw a man with legs that were crooked and weak. This man had never been able to walk. His legs had been like this since he was a baby. Other men had helped this man come to the temple gate where he could beg people for money as they came to worship. This man saw Peter and John. Sirs, please, he said, a few coins for a man who has been lame since birth. The two apostles stopped. Look at us, Peter said with a commanding voice. The man looked up at them. Hopefully they would give him some money, even if it was just a couple coins. Instead, Peter said, I don't have silver or gold. The man frowned, disappointed. But Peter did not stop talking to him. But I'll give you what I do have. Now the man was curious. What could Peter have, if not money, that would help? In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Peter commanded, stand up. Peter now took this man's hand and helped him stand up. Peter spoke another command, walk. As the man stood up, his legs straightened and his ankles grew strong, and he walked. But soon he was not just standing and walking, he was too excited. He began to jump joyously. They've healed me, he shouted to everyone nearby. Thank you, sirs. Thank you, Father God. Thank you so much. People heard the commotion, and soon a small crowd had gathered around the man, watching this man, not believing their own eyes. Now Peter spoke to the people in the crowd. Why does this surprise you, he said. Do you not remember Jesus, the man who would teach in this very place? He gave life, but you killed him. It was faith in Jesus that gave this man his health. Peter spoke loudly and clearly so everyone could hear, and everyone in that place did hear, including some of the temple workers and priests. They did not like what they heard, especially when he started talking about them. You and your leaders were acting in ignorance when you crucified Jesus, but God used you and the things you did to make his promise come true. The promise that the prophets spoke. They said the Messiah would suffer. Turn now to God and turn away from your sins. Repent and your sins will be wiped away. Remember what God said to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through your children. Peter and John were arrested, even as they spoke, and they spent that night in jail. The next day, many of the priests and leaders and elders and teachers of the law brought Peter and John before them. They were angry at their teachings, and they were angry that people were still listening to the words and teachings of Jesus. They had worked so hard to get rid of that man, and now these followers were continuing Jesus' work. By what power did you heal that man? they asked. They knew the answers Peter would give. You wish to know how we did an act of kindness for a man who has suffered since he was young, Peter said. It is in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the man you crucified. His name is the only name by which anyone can be saved. 
After a while, the leaders left Peter and John to decide what to do about them. They finally came back and said to Peter and John, You may go, but you may never speak or teach or do anything in the name of Jesus ever again. This was ridiculous. Peter knew they were afraid of the power of Jesus. As people followed Jesus, they stopped listening to these leaders. In fact, Peter was one of those people who had followed Jesus and now did not listen to the wrong teachings of these leaders. I have a question, Peter said. What is right in God's eyes? To listen to him or to listen to you? You yourself can judge this, but for us, we can't help telling people about the things we've seen and heard. The leaders did not know what to do. So many people had seen that begging man who had been unable to walk for 40 years was now walking and telling people about what had happened. Many people were praising God about it. So the leaders let Peter and John go once more warning them, don't speak of Jesus anymore. Of course, they did not stop. They were given warning after warning, but they continued to teach and pray and heal following Jesus' example. People saw and heard and learned about Jesus and his love. Finally, the leaders couldn't take it anymore. They sent guards to find the apostles and arrest them. That night, as the men who were arrested sat in the jail waiting for a trial the next day, something unusual happened. The door began to open. Behind the door stood an angel. As they walked right past the guards and out into the night, the angel said, Go to the temple courtyard. Tell everyone about this new life that is found in Jesus. That morning, they did exactly that. The priests and the other leaders were not happy. And again, Peter and the others were brought before the elders and the leaders. Angrily, the high priest spoke to them. We told you to stop. We keep telling you to stop. But you keep teaching in Jesus' name. And you keep blaming us for his death. Who are we supposed to obey? Peter asked once again. We must obey God, not people. Then he said, Anyway, Jesus is not dead. Yes, you killed him. You nailed him to a cross. But God raised him to life. This was done to bring Israel to repentance, to receive forgiveness of our sin. The priests got more and more angry. Peter and these other followers of Jesus were turning the people away from the priests. Their anger grew as they talked about what to do with these Jesus followers until they started to talk about killing Peter and the other apostles. When this talk started, though, one of the Pharisees stood up. His name was Gamaliel. He could not let them talk about killing. He had to do something. Men of Israel, he shouted, think about this before we do something we will regret. This will all pass. The people are listening to them for now because Jesus was popular. It will not last. Remember Thetis? He had 400 followers and then he was killed. His followers scattered and they are no longer a problem. And then there was Judas, the revolutionary. They actually tried to fight against us, but when he was killed, his gang ran away and they too are no longer a problem. The same will happen now with these followers of Jesus. Everyone listen to this Pharisee. Let these people go. If they are just men and if they are just following a man like we think, all of the things they do will ultimately end in failure. But, he said, looking around the crowd of priests and Pharisees and Sadducees. If they follow God, nothing we can do will stop them. All of the things we do will end in failure. For these men, who believed in God's power even if they did not believe in Jesus, Gamaliel spoke the truth. If Jesus was God's Messiah, they could not stop these people who followed Jesus. 
But since they did not believe all these things about Jesus, they felt like they could let these men go. Jesus and his followers would soon be forgotten by everyone. They were released. For a short time, the persecution stopped. For a short time, the people who followed Jesus were allowed to preach and teach and tell people about Jesus. But soon the leaders could see that they weren't going away. They started arresting the Jesus followers again and making life hard for them. A follower named Stephen actually was put to death. It was difficult for people who followed the way of Jesus to live in Jerusalem. So a lot of them left Jerusalem and went to other places. And when they went to these other places, they told other people about Jesus there. So while the religious leaders were hoping doing these things to the followers of Jesus would stop them, instead, the good news about Jesus was spread even more. But wherever they went, they were really only telling Jewish people about Jesus. After all, the Jewish people worshipped and believed in God, and Jesus was God's Messiah. But Jesus had told them just before he left to go to heaven that they should tell his good news to all the world. So things were about to change. One day about noon, Peter was praying on the roof of his friend Simon's house. He was alone and he started to feel hungry. Suddenly he saw a giant sheet lowered from heaven. Inside this giant sheet were all sorts of animals. He saw pigs, turtles, frogs, rabbits, lobsters, and many, many more. He saw reptiles and birds and creatures of the sea. So many animals. What did it mean? These animals all had one thing in common. All of the animals that Peter saw in this vision were animals that Jewish people were not allowed to eat. These were animals that were considered unclean. Then a voice spoke. The voice was the voice of God, and the voice said to Peter, Get up, Peter. Kill these animals and eat. Peter could not believe his ears. Lord, no, I can't. I've never eaten anything that was unclean. God's voice answered, Peter, do not call anything unclean if I have made it clean. Peter argued more with God. He could not believe that God was telling him to eat something that he had not even touched all his life. He just did not understand. While he was thinking about this, trying to make sense of all of this, God said to him, Simon, there are three men coming here. They are looking for you. Get up and go with them. Don't even hesitate. Just go with them because I sent them to you. Now Peter was really confused. The sheet and the animals disappeared, and Peter was left alone. But not for long. Just as God had told him, he went downstairs, and when he got there, he found a soldier at the door. Behind the soldier were two other men who were servants. This soldier was not one of the temple guards who had arrested Peter before. No, this man was a Roman soldier. The Romans were the people who had taken over Peter's country. They had power over everyone who lived there. The Jewish leaders had been the ones who arranged everything for Jesus to die, but the Romans and their soldiers were the ones who had put Jesus on the cross. Now a Roman soldier stood at the door. Are you Simon who is called Peter? We are looking for you, the soldier said. I am the one you're looking for, Peter answered. What could the soldier want? Was Peter about to be arrested? He asked, why have you come? My master is Cornelius, a centurion in the Italian regiment. He prays to your God and is a righteous man. The Jewish people in our area respect him. An angel told him to find you and to have you visit his house. The angel told him to listen to what you have to say. This was strange, very strange. Peter knew that Jewish people were not supposed to visit with or enter the house of a Gentile. These people who were not Jewish were considered 
unclean. Eating an unclean animal or visiting unclean people meant the person who did that would be unclean as well. And being unclean meant they could not be a part of some ceremonies and worship because they were not pure. But God had told Peter to go with these men, even though they were Gentiles. When Peter thought he was getting arrested, he was worried about spending time in prison. Now he did not know what to think. But he knew that God wanted him to do this. God had spoken to Peter, and an angel had spoken to Cornelius. So he went. When he arrived at Cornelius' house the next day, he found that Cornelius had asked all his friends and family to come to hear what Peter was going to tell them. As Peter came to the entrance, Cornelius himself fell to his knees at Peter's feet and thanked him for coming. Get up, Peter said. I'm just a man like you. Don't bow down to me. Cornelius stood and led Peter inside the house. I am so glad you came, he said to Peter. Cornelius was an important soldier in the Roman army, but he talked to Peter like Peter was the more important person. We want to hear what message you have for us. Peter stood in front of Cornelius and his friends and family. Now Peter understood. God had shown him the animals and told him to eat their meat on the same day that the visitors came to bring him here. It all made sense. You know about the Jewish ways, he said. You know that it is against our religious law to visit someone like you who is not Jewish. Remembering the sheet and what God told him about the food, Peter said, But God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. Tell me, why did you send for me? Cornelius smiled, excited to talk with Peter. God has spoken to me recently, too. Three days ago, I was praying, and suddenly a man in shining clothes appeared to me and said, Cornelius, God has heard your prayer. Send someone to Joppa and have them find Simon called Peter. He said, you have a message for us. So Peter told them everything. He told them about Jesus and about Jesus' death. He told them about how Jesus rose back to life. And he told them about the forgiveness of sins. When he spoke, the Holy Spirit came to these Gentiles. And when he was done, they were baptized. It was an amazing time and Peter stayed with them for a few days. Unfortunately, when he came home, the other followers of Jesus were not as excited about what he had done. Explain yourself, they demanded. What were you doing in the house of an impure man and his unclean family? So Peter explained himself. Now he told them everything. He told them about the sheet and the angel and the message for Cornelius' family and the Holy Spirit and the baptism. He finished by saying, God himself gave them his spirit. He gave them the same gift he gave to us. Am I supposed to stand in God's way if this is what he wants? The other Jesus followers could not argue against that. It was almost the same thing that Gamaliel had said to the Jewish leaders not too long ago. If this was what God wanted, then what could anyone do about it? If God wanted the good news about Jesus to be heard by the Jewish people, it would be. And if God wanted the good news about Jesus to be heard by the Gentiles, it would be. And it was. But people did try to stop it, not just the Jewish religious leaders. Now, Herod, the man the Roman leaders made king, started arresting the followers of Jesus. And sometimes they did more than arrest them. They beat them up and sometimes even killed them. Peter was also arrested and put in prison, and King Herod planned to have Peter killed. Peter was put in a dark prison cell, and there were two guards in the room with him, and guards outside. They put chains on Peter's wrists to keep him in place. Peter fell asleep like this, with all these guards and the chains. He knew that the next day he would go to trial, and they would find him guilty of something, and they would kill him. 
But he also knew that the other Christian men and women in the city were praying for him and that God was with him. God was always with him. So he slept. The chains did not wake him up. The guards did not wake him up. In the middle of the night, an angel appeared in the cell with Peter. Even then he did not wake up. The angel had to bump Peter to awaken him. Quick, get up, the angel ordered. That woke Peter up. And when his eyes opened, he saw an angel standing by his bed and he felt the chains fall off his wrists. Now, put on sandals and your cloak and follow me. Peter looked around. The guards didn't even notice. At first, Peter thought it was a dream, but no, he was awake. So was this a vision? Was God showing him something? Maybe to remind him that God would take care of him or remind him that God had great power. So Peter followed the angel right through the door, right past the guards and past more guards. And they came to the iron gate and it opened for them. And Peter walked down the street with the angel. And suddenly the angel was gone. Peter was alone in the street. The street was quiet. It was late and almost every house was dark. Peter stood beneath the moon and stars and in the cool night air, and he realized this was real. This was no dream, and God was not giving him a vision to remind him of God's power and protection. No, God had actually shown his power and actually protected Peter. Peter had been rescued from Herod's evil plan. He hurried down the streets of the city to find the house of his friends, who he imagined were praying even now for God to take care of him. They would be so excited to know that God had answered their prayer with this miracle. At the house, he knocked on the door. There were some lamps on in the house. He could see the light through the window. He knew it. He knew they were praying for him. He knocked again, and this time a servant girl came to the door. Who is there? She asked. Peter recognized the voice. Rhoda was her name. It's me. Please let me in. Peter, she shouted. She had recognized his voice too, but she ran away from the door and did not open it. She left him outside. He heard voices inside, Rhoda's voice saying, It's Peter! Peter's at the door! Then other voices, voices of his friends, saying things like, Don't be silly! And you're out of your mind! They did not believe her. What could Peter do but knock again? And again. And again. Finally, his friends came to the door and opened it, and when they saw him, they were amazed. Everyone started talking at once, praising God and asking questions. When Peter finally got them all to quiet down, he told his story and explained to them how God had gotten him out of prison. And this was how Peter spent the rest of his life, telling the story of God's good news. He traveled more, he wrote letters, he preached, and God used him to tell many, many people the good news of Jesus, the good news of God's rescue from sin, the good news of God's love. He started as a fisherman. And just as Jesus said, he became a fisher of people. And that's our final chapter in the life of Peter. The events in this week's story can be found in Acts chapter 3 through 12. For now, as you think about this story of Peter, what is the part that you remember the most? When you think about that part of the story, what does it tell you about God? Talk about that with your family. When I think about Peter's life, I think about how he gave his whole life to following God. Peter's story in the Bible sort of stops here, and the rest of the book of Acts is more about Paul and some of the other early Christians. 
But stories from other places, not in the Bible, tell us that it's possible he continued carrying the gospel to people everywhere he went and may have traveled very far away from Jerusalem. He did not just give his life to following God. He wanted other people to follow God too because he knew that the best life, the life God wants us to have, comes from following Jesus. He did some hard things though. It wasn't always easy. Sometimes his friends got mad at him, like when he visited the Roman soldier's house. Sometimes his enemies got mad at him, like when Jewish leaders and King Herod wanted to kill him. Sometimes he ended up in some scary places, but he knew God was with him. He knew God loved him. He knew God took care of him. Remember, God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. When Peter was alive, he knew that the same God who was with Moses and Abraham and Joshua was also with him. We know that the same God who was with Peter and the disciples is also with us. You are not alone. God is with you. God loves you and God takes care of you. And that's good news worth telling other people. We hope you have a great week. You can find more resources for this Life of Peter series at nmc.church. For now, thanks so much for listening. I'm Pastor Ben, and until next time, we want to remind you to charge. Plug in and connect with Christ. Power up and become like Christ. And press on by being Christ-like in the world. Weekly Charge is a production of the Napanee Missionary Church Kidman Department. You can find out more at nmc.church. You can find this podcast at nmckidman.com. I'm Pam, and as always, thanks for listening.